All of the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in key words. And for this segment, we're joined by Adam. Good morning. Good morning, Lena. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. How's your week been? It's been good. Yeah. And, and frankly, I wasn't sure if I'd be excited or nervous for the rocket launch, but it mm. was really exciting to watch the launch live yeah. from Korea, right? Yeah, yeah. I heard it's a historical it. moment. I think so. And we, we, you know, there's so much hype leading up to yeah. usually these launches, but this time, it was yeah it was nice yeah. all right so let's start there <laughs> yes because that is one of the major headlines this morning here's our first keyword of the day half successful launch half can we say two-thirds two-thirds yeah 90 well yeah this, to yeah. be honest with the analysts are trying to gauge <laughs> how to be better for the next launch schedule yeah. for may next year so in case you haven't heard yet south korea's first homegrown rocket nuri managed to go up 700 kilometers above earth although that dummy satellite it was carrying could not reach its intended destination so mm. let's review that mm. historic launch from yesterday yeah president moon jae-in said nuri completed all flight sequences and scheduled, but it, yes, did fall short of putting a dummy satellite into orbit. Uh, Moon praised, though, the scientists and engineers for developing the rocket, describing the 700-kilometer altitude as a credible achievement, in his words. Mm. Uh, the science minister, Ime Suk, said the dummy satellite could not reach the intended orbit because it failed to reach a speed of 7.5 kilometers per second. Uh, she added that the seven-ton engine in the third-stage rocket that was supposed to burn for 500 and 21 seconds only burned for 475 seconds, slowing down the rocket at the end. Mm. Uh, the three stages separated at the right time, though, so there is some um, good news there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this basically means the engineers have found which parts they need to develop before the next launches, investigations and uh, um, other developments are underway so mm-hmm. that uh, they are more successful next time. Four more launches are already scheduled. The next one is is in May next year, so not that far away. Mm. Um, and, of course, this rocket launch is not a one-time event, but rather just one stage in developing the technology. So mm. that's why they have more launches planned, and that's why they had a dummy satellite on yeah. it, not an actual satellite. That would be <laughs> devastating, and I don't think at any time there's a newly developed rocket does any country send a real satellite up the first launch. Right, it is It is testing the waters with this first one, with right. the dummy satellite as well. The so, official statistics we kept on getting was 30% success rate right. the first launch. That's right. not singling out Korea. That's like just a general consensus. It is a general right. uh, uh, figure, yes. Right. Uh, and, but the, yesterday's launch definitely does put the country a step closer to joining mm. the, the League of Global Space Powerhouses, be mm. it the US, uh, China, and Russia as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so some uh, good things, some silver linings to take, although it wasn't completely successful. Right. We're almost there. That's true. <laughs> and I mean, we're talking about uh, the ability to send our own satellites into space. Mm. One ton, isn't that the number that we keep right. going back to? This is, we're going to talk about our maybe homegrown GPSs then. Right. I believe the project is called KPS for the time being. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what else? I'm not judging, but... <laughs> what else? Frankly speaking, yeah. I mean, as opposed to global positioning system, the Korean positioning system... Uh, Weather monitoring, if we can improve on it, that might be yeah. necessary, right? I but hope does that does improve a little bit. Right. In Korea. It has so, been a bit shaky lately, hasn't see, it? See, there are all these uh, means for new business opportunities yeah. and so on forth. It is the future. But mm. most importantly, we have to talk about military capabilities, which mm. is why North Korea seems to be feeling a sense of rivalry with the South mm. over the space program. That's exactly right. The North State media actually aired some footage uh, of its rocket launch carrying a satellite that happened five years ago. 
ago. Mm. Uh, it also shows leader Kim Jong-un giving apartments to the engineers and scientists who developed the rocket at the time. Mm. Uh, and at the time, the North claimed the launch mm. was successful, including putting the satellite into its intended orbit. Now, the decision to air that footage on the day of Nuri's launch is kind of an apparent message from the regime that Pyongyang has a more advanced space program. So it's, kind of bra- so it's kind of bragging rights. Mm. Um, the North has kind of belittled South, uh, South Korea's military capabilities before as well. Uh, the most recent is when a North Korean official described South Korea's latest uh, submarine-launched ballistic missile test as a toddler crawling. So it seems to be mm. having that kind of rivalry in both the space program mm. and military capabilities as well. It doesn't mm. want to be seen as inferior to the other. All right. We'll leave it there for now. And on to our second keyword of the day. Not a provocation. Now, speaking of missile launches, South Korea's defense minister says North Korea's recent SLBM launch was not a provocation, which has sparked some controversy. Mm. So run us through what he specifically said. Yeah, the defense minister Seo-wook told mm. a parliamentary audit that North Korea is still working on improving missiles, but that its latest SLBM test is still an early stage weapon that can be intercepted. So, it's playing, so he's been playing down the capabilities. Mm. Uh, following any launch, the platform would also have to be analyzed as to whether the submarine itself operates normally after. As of now, the South Korean military does not see the North as having fully-fledged SLBM capabilities. It can fire um, maybe one, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, to have full capability, you need to fire multiple at the same time and have that capability to launch a full-fledged fe- strike. So, so far, it seems that our technology can intercept it. Right, yes, that is what he's saying. So he's downplaying the risk of it. Mm-hmm. And he also said Seoul's military does not consider the launch as a provocation, Mm. as you mentioned. He considered it more of a threat rather than a provocation because he cited that it didn't directly inflict any damage on South Korean territory or its people. Mm, mm. Uh, The toning down of language, of course, seems to be Seoul's efforts to resume dialogue with the regime. Doesn't want to use any language that might anger them. Mm. Uh, The international community is kind of seemingly echoing that stance as well. The Mm. US, it did call it a provocation, but it did not push ahead with adopting a UN Security Council resolution Mm. uh, following uh, that UN the emergency meeting, something that it probably would have done uh, before. All right. So the consensus is get North Korea to the dialogue or discussion table at the Mm. very least, and that's a shared goal, it Mm. seems. Right on to our third keyword of the day. Leaving China. So more crackdowns and regulations on businesses in China is forcing many global companies to pull out from the companies. Uh, country, excuse mm. me. What's the latest? <laughs> yeah, these measures are part of uh, President Xi Jinping's centerpiece policy initiative. It's being called the Common Prosperity Initiative. The Great Equalizer. The Great Equalizer, yes. And uh, these are Beijing's attempts to kind of narrow the huge wealth gap between the nation's uh, richest and poorest citizens. Now, many tech giants are also facing restrictions uh, and government oversight over their content. Uh, Big Brother is watching, basically. Mm, Uh, Microsoft, for example, is shutting down its social network. LinkedIn in China uh, saying having to to comply with the Chinese state has become increasingly challenging. I feel like that's the only social media presence that's not Mm. of China-owned companies, right? right? Yes, it's it's probably the only uh, Western major, uh, Western social media platform that actually operates in China. Officially. Officially. Uh, And manufacturers are also suffering as well due to decreased production amid the pandemic, of course, and more uh, Mm. noticeably the eco-friendly policies that China has been taking recently to kind of cut carbon emissions. 
South Korean companies are also affected by this. The shipbuilder Samsung Heavy Industries, for example, says it's closing one of its Chinese plants due to decreased productivity. That's half of them because they have two. Mm. Uh, These moves are, of course, having a major impact on both China's economy and society, and effects are also being felt around the world. Uh, The country has long been seen as kind of, it's been called the the factory of the world, uh, as well Mm. as a major engine of global economic growth. Um, Now the uncertainty around the regulation of businesses in China is kind of making it difficult for companies from overseas to make decisions about potential investments. They're kind of pulling out and uh, it doesn't seem likely that any Mm. more will come in. Um, On every level, so much was outsourced to China. And so what does this mean going forward? I mean, the transition had to happen, Mm. addressing those environmental concerns, but Mm. how quickly it's happening is Mm. always of concern. Yeah, but on the the other side of the argument, so what uh, China is kind of arguing is Mm. that uh, these are just short-term setbacks and Mm. their goals will ultimately benefit in the long run. So Mm. that's what they're trying to appeal to the companies. But, uh, of course, they need to make money, whether it be short term or long term. <laughs> and the bottom so, line needs to make sense. And the bottom line needs to make sense. Exactly. Yeah. All right. On to our fourth keyword of the day. Pfizer booster. Uh, moving on to summer pandemic coverage. Uh, Pfizer claims that its booster COVID-19 vaccine is 95.6% effective in preventing infection from the virus compared to those who did not receive a third dose or mm. booster shot. So run us through their findings. Yeah, so they're claiming that this is kind of the first kind of results of a booster shot trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company uh, said that phase three trial results showed that the efficacy of the booster shots was, quote, Uh, consistent irrespective of age, sex, race, ethnicity or comorbid conditions. Mm. Now the phase 3 trials included 10,000 individuals aged 16 and older who got a booster shot at a median time of 11 months after receiving their second dose of the Pfizer uh, uh, Mm. vaccine. Mm. Some of the participants were given a booster while others were given a placebo. That's Mm. usually how it works with these trials. According to the company, uh, those who received the booster saw a 95.6% reduction in disease, as you said, compared to those who received Mm. uh, the placebo. Pfizer noted that a portion of the trial took place while the spread of the more contagious Delta variant was prevalent. So they're kind of making the case that it's still effective against uh, the Delta variant. Mm -hmm. And now the CDC and the FDA, they've already approved uh, or recommended rather uh, Mm. booster shots for certain elderly and other high-risk Americans who received the Pfizer vaccine. Mm. Um, The more more studies and tests are being done and more authorizations are awaiting at the moment but it seems at the moment the trend is that the case for booster shots is becoming stronger yeah especially for when we started with the mm. moderna and the uh, johnson and johnson and then yeah. we include pfizer and it mm. seems that sort of this cocktail mix and match of it right. is also allowed right and south korea will also review mm-hmm. and take into account what is necessary for the vulnerable That's of right. the population and we should also yeah. always note uh, that we should take these stories with a grain of salt because it is the company saying yeah. Uh, what their results are. Of course, mm. they have an uh, invested interest mm. in the results of these trials, so yes. But they are the only ones conducting and uh, that that have true, yeah. the budget to push through with the <laughs> research very, that benefits that... the company too. Yes, that's a good point. All right, <laughs> on to our last keyword of the day. Alibaba's cloud business. Uh, China's e-commerce giant Alibaba is looking to expand its cloud business further overseas. It plans to open its first data center in South Korea next year. Mm. It does seem like the e-commerce giant's focus is Asia, the Mm. market here, as opposed to the US. That's right. Uh, Alibaba is uh, the number one cloud computing player in China, but uh, has focused on expanding its footprint internationally, particularly, as you say, in other areas of Asia. Mm -mm. Uh, It wants to put itself against US giants like Amazon and Microsoft. Mm. Uh, Alibaba 
Cloud said that with a South Korea data center, uh, local businesses of all sizes will be able to deploy mission-critical workloads while enjoying more reliable and secure cloud services with lower latency. Mm. Now, the firm is also setting up a data center in Thailand as well, uh, also next year. Uh, Alibaba also launched a new chip mm. called uh, Yichuan 710 that will go into service called Panju. Mm. The aim is to power AI applications on Alibaba's cloud. The company hopes custom chips can help it stand out from rivals mm. in the very competitive cloud computing market. Uh, and cloud computing is actually seen as a key profit driver for Alibaba uh, over the long term, uh, though, uh, though it occurs through its accounts uh, for around 8% of the company's total revenue at the moment. Mm. Of course, Alibaba is well known for its e-commerce and retail yeah. uh, side of things, but yeah. it is looking to expand its business into cloud computing, and Korea will be a part of it. All right. Thank you very much, Adam, for this week's coverage. You're very welcome. Have a great weekend. You too. I'll see you next see week. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.